0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes in order to assure us that we are included into the kingdom of God. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Daryl Davis tells a story about being a Cub Scout. And this was a very special day in the midst of his being a Cub Scout. This day was the 4th of July parade. And Daryl was given the honor of being the Cub Scout who was given the flag so that he could march in the 4th of July parade with the flag, given that that moment of, of honor. And he, he took it very seriously, took it very seriously as he, he walked down the street carrying that flag, and he felt all sorts of pride well up within him. And he marched down the street for a little while, and then he started to feel things that were hitting him, the empty soda bottles and, and empty cans and he he started to wonder what was happening and uh, sure enough he he looked around and and it was a group of people that were throwing the empty soda cans at him and booing and hissing and saying nasty things to him because you see Daryl Davis was a a person of color He he was an African American he was a black kid who was carrying the flag and these white people in the place where he was felt that it wasn't right to have him carry the flag of our nation as a Cub Scout in this 4th of July parade. Well, that was the first moment that that Daryl says that he he encountered racism at a, a very palpable level. And uh, Daryl went on to do many great things. He went on to learn how to play the piano. He went on to learn how to play many different instruments. In fact, he, he went to Howard University and got a degree in jazz music and was, was mentored by, by some of the greatest jazz pianists of his day. And, and he, he started playing all over the place. He started playing these gigs in, in different places throughout the nation. And one of those places, one of those nights, he was out playing a gig. He was playing a particular kind of jazz, a particular kind of of jazz and and blues mixture called Boogie Woogie uh, that was made popular by Jerry Lee Lewis. And, and And so he he was out there, he, he was playing this, and after the show, as would happen many a time, uh, somebody came up to him and, and uh, came up to him and, and congratulated him and, and said, yeah, "Thank you for that that was that was great I've, And this guy said something weird though he said, "I've never heard a black man play the piano like that and, and well Daryl. Daryl stopped, and and he he thought about it, and he said, play the piano like what? And the the man said, I've never heard a black man play the piano like Jerry Lee Lewis. And Daryl said, who do you think Jerry Lee Lewis learned to play the piano like that from? And he started getting into a conversation with this guy, and they, they started talking, and he started telling him about all of the other great jazz pianists that were out there, they kind of dabbled in the blues and and, and, in that slice where uh, those two two genres kind of met. And they they sat down and and they were having a drink together and they were talking about music. And and, and as they were talking, you know, the the guy who who was a white guy, uh, they're talking to him, said, you know, I've never sat down with a, a black man before and, and had a drink. And Daryl said, well, that's weird, too. And, and, and you don't seem like you're that young of a guy, and, and I'm not that young of a guy, and I've certainly sat down with people of all sorts of different races and, and creeds and colors. How, have, how is it that you have never sat down and had a drink with a black guy before? And the man's friend kind of elbows him and says, go on, tell him. The man kind of sheepishly looks around and says, well, you see, I'm a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And Daryl Davis starts to laugh because he thinks it's a joke. How on earth is he sitting across the table from a member of the KKK, America's probably most notorious hate group. How how is he sitting there? And he's like, you know, I I just don't believe you, man. I'm sorry. And and the the man takes out his wallet, and he flips through his credit cards, and he pulls out a card, which he slides over the table over to Daryl. And sure enough, as Daryl takes a look at the card, he sees the official insignia the Ku Klux Klan on this membership card and Terrell looks at it and kind of sobers a little bit says okay now I believe you pushes it back over the table he kind of wonders what he's doing there at that moment but As they get back to talking, the the man reinforces once again his compliments. He says, you know, thank you for tonight. Thank you for playing the piano. You're the best piano player I've I've ever uh, heard in here. If you ever come back here, here's my phone number. I want you to call me so that I know that I can come and see you. Daryl takes the phone number and sticks it in his pocket. Now, Now, we could understand if Daryl's next move as soon as Mr. KKK walks out the door is that he takes that number and he crumbles it and he throws it away. But Daryl actually keeps the number. And sure enough, the next time that he's in town, he gives this guy a call. And they go out to dinner and they continue to talk. And as they continue to talk, this man starts questioning what he believes about people that have the skin color that Daryl has. And as he starts to question those beliefs, he, he starts to question what he's a part of himself. And as he starts to question those things, he resigns his membership with the clan. Now that's a pretty interesting story, and, and, and it's something that... Uh, Daryl actually does throughout his life he, he continues to do it he continues to go out and have conversations with people that are members of the KKK so, so that he can get into these conversations and, and hopefully turn them away from hate but we would understand it if Daryl didn't do that we would understand it if Daryl just said well forget that guy I'm gonna crumple up that number. I'm gonna throw it away. I'm never gonna to talk to this guy again. In fact, I'm probably never gonna come back to this town again. If this is the kind of town that has a guy who's a member of the KKK who shows up at this venue, I'm just not gonna be there. But rather than doing that, Daryl decides that rather than disincluding, than disincluding, rather, rather than, than choosing to separate himself from this racist person, What he's going to do is that he is going to choose to include this person. He's going to give this person a call the next time that he's in town. He's going to go out to dinner with this guy and have a conversation. And that kind of inclusion is what's at the center of this story that we're taking a look at in the Gospel of Matthew. In the Gospel of Matthew... You have this interesting moment where uh, this is the first and, and only time that the Gospel of Matthew records Jesus leaving Judea proper, le- leaving the, the part of the world that has... Um, uh, has only Jew- Jewish people, at least in his public ministry. He does record him going to uh, Egypt uh, when he's a boy, but in his public ministry, this is the only time that he departs from that, and he departs to a specific place. He departs to the area of Tyre and Sidon, and, and this area, the the Jewish historian Josephus tells us, is one of the most, one of the the most Difficult places for a Jew to be because of of all of the Canaanite people, the the people from Tyre, well, well, they have it out for the Israelites. They have it out for the Jews. They don't like them and the Jews don't like them. And so it's a mutually agreed upon exclusion of one another. They just go, I'm just going to continue going about my way. But there's this lady, there's this Canaanite woman from Tyre who keeps on After Jesus. And at first she comes up to Jesus and and she she explains to him what is going on that her her daughter has a demon and that that she knows that that he can heal her. And Jesus says nothing. And he kind of lets the the disciples deal with it. And here's how the disciples deal with it. Well, the disciples they, they choose to exclude her. They, in fact, don't even want to exclude her themselves. They want Jesus to exclude her. And they go to Jesus and they go, Jesus, will you please tell this woman to go away? Because she's continually hounding after us. And that moment of exclusion is what we're talking about see we're in this this sermon series that we're calling god of the goofs and uh, that sermon series is all about ourselves as disciples and we can see ourselves as disciples in the mirror of the disciples that were following jesus around and so when we look at those disciples Andrew and Peter and Bartholomew and Thaddeus and all of those guys, when we look at what they do, so often we can see a mirror reflection of who we are and the goofs that we commit when we go about living out our lives as disciples. And sure enough, this is one of the things that we do. One of the things that we do is that we exclude people. Now, maybe we don't exclude people on the basis of their skin color or their race. Hopefully not, in fact. Maybe, maybe you do, though. Maybe there's a little bit of that that stings where you go, eh, I recognize that I've done that before. Maybe you exclude people on a whole nother level. Maybe you exclude people because of their, their socioeconomic level. I, I just don't like rich people. I just don't like poor people. Maybe you exclude people on, on the basis of something else. Maybe you exclude people because they're, they're part of fraternity and sorority life. Maybe you exclude people because they are a, a part of a certain sexuality segment. Maybe you exclude people because of the, the political holdings that they have, they, you know, they, they're just too conservative, or they're just too liberal, and hey, I'm just going to exclude those kind of people in my life. We exclude all sorts of people. We exclude them in, in different ways and in, in different modes, but oftentimes what we end up doing is we end up thinking that, uh, well, we're, we're not quite sure how those people are going to be in the kingdom of God with us. You know, we, we start to put ourselves up on a pedestal. We start saying, okay, you know, we're, we're the chosen people. And those people will, will thank goodness for the grace of God that maybe they're in. But we build up pride in ourselves. We build up prejudice within ourselves. And, and we start to justify our beliefs to ourselves. We start to justify our hatred. We start to justify our exclusion. We start to justify the way that we would just rather not be with those people, whoever those people might be. And, and Daryl has, has another great story of when he was in the car with this guy who had the, the clan title of exalted cyclops. Which, if you start looking into the KKK, you realize that all of their titles are pretty much titles that sound like Exalted Cy- Cyclops and Grand Dragon and this and that. But the Exalted Cyclops, he, he, he was sort of a chapter leader. He, he was the, the local town leader of the KKK. And, and he had this guy in the car because that's kind of what Daryl Davis does now. And he was talking to him, and, and, and the Exalted Cyclops guy said, Well, we all know that, you know, you black people, you, are, you have this inherent part of your DNA. You have this gene that leads you towards violence. And Daryl kind of laughs, and he says, you, you know me. You know that I have, I have not ever been violent. I, I've never carjacked anybody. I've never, I've never you know, even gotten to a fist fight. And the man comes back with this justification, this, this, this you know, this kind of thing that, that solidifies his understanding of who Daryl is in the face of not having any evidence. And he says, "Well, your, your gene is just latent." And Daryl thinks about it for a moment, and he laughs and he goes, "Well, I know that you white people have a serial killer gene. Because <laughs> if you look at all the serial killers, all the serial killers are white. So I'm pretty sure that you're a serial killer. And, and the exalted Cyclops says, No, I'm not. I've never killed anybody. And Daryl says, Well, your gene is just latent. And he points out the justification. The justification that, that seems so odd when it's turned against you. So what are the justifications that you've made for excluding other people from your life? What are the justifications that you've made from excluding other people even from the kingdom of God and the possibility of faith see Jesus does this interesting thing where, where he actually kind of plays along with, with the racism of his day he says to that lady you know it's not right to give the, the chil- children's food to the dogs And she flips it around she flips the justification that would have been a very common justification for the time. She says, yes. even, Even the dogs eat from their master's table. And what Jesus says about her statement is that it's a statement of faith. It's a statement that believes in something that she can't quite see, but she knows it's there. In some ways, it too is a justification. But instead of being a justification that allows her to continue to exclude others, this is the justifying grace of God that includes all people all people that would hear the gospel and the good news that Jesus Christ came to include us even in the midst of our exclusion of other people. Even to the point of his dying on the cross so that he might include us by forgiving our sins. May you go out into this week checking your justifications, checking who you're excluding, and remembering that you have been included into the loving arms of a Savior who brings you to the table. Amen.